Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. The power of worship is just is incredible. And worship and praise, it's not just singing, it's not just lifting our hands, it's actual submission. In case you didn't know, worship is submission. And what you are doing in the process of worship is submitting to uh, uh, the, the complete authority and control and the will of God. In that moment, you are saying, forget about what happened an hour before we started. In that moment of worship, you're saying, forget about what's going to happen in the hour after we're done. In that moment, moment of worship you're not thinking about the rest of your week you are thinking about how wonderful and powerful and gigantic ginormous God really is in your life somebody can say amen oh I'm on fire already I haven't even gotten to the message but I tell you God makes all things new all things and 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 how many of you are moving forward this morning I don't have my normal portfolio, so if I'm fidgeting around with these papers, please forgive me that uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want that to be a distraction because what we have to talk about today is very, very important. Now, somebody sent me an email and told me that it's my fault that the Falcons lost because last, the Sunday before last, we prayed for the Falcons and they came through victorious. And this week, we didn't do it during service, so I got an email like almost immediately. I won't say who. I won't even give initials this time. I'm being real because I don't want y'all to jump on the person. But they said, Pastor, because you didn't pray during service for the Falcons, we lost. Because when you did pray, we won. So there must be some connection. And I says, well, I would like to argue and believe that somebody was praying for the opposing team as well. So maybe their prayers were answered this time. Thank God for the season of the Falcons. This message is certainly not about them, but I just wanted to clear the air so that nobody's waiting for me in the parking lot. Sam, you got my back just in case? You got your situation with you? Huh? All right. Amen. It didn't, but, you know, he got something. He Puerto Rican. He got a knife or something, man. My brother, that's how we roll. Machete or something, you know. If, if you're joining us for the first time today, I just want to catch you up. We're, we're in a series uh, entitled Margin, and we're talking about uh, how God has designed us to live a life that has margin. In other words, our time, our, our finances, our emotion, all of that has limits. We, we are designed with limits. But what has happened is, over the course of the, the past few decades or so, we've begun to live this life as if we have an abundance of time, like we have surplus, like we, ha- like we actually have 30 hours in a day. And we live in like, like our bank account will never run out. Uh, we're living like we can take all the abuse, emotional abuse, and all of the rhetoric and all of this stuff because we never get upset or frustrated. And we're living our lives right up to the edge. And so we've been taught, it's been on my heart's desire since like the latter part of last year to really get us into a place where we, just even starting here with this congregation, begin to live a life where there's cushion, where there's margin. And then if you, in this congregation, I figure if you can get it, And if you can grasp hold of the importance of this, that just in your walk of life with margin, that your peers, your family, your your coworkers, your your boss, your 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 spouse or whoever can also adapt that principle of living with margin in their life so that this way we're not in a in a point of burnout. When we're living a life that's marginless, we're we're at the brink of breaking. 
We're at the brink of destruction. Uh, We don't have any room for error, and it only takes one single thing to just set us off. We're like walking time bombs, just tick, tick, ticking away, and the smallest little thing has our day ruined. Jared is a witness. This morning, I was like losing my head. I was almost slamming stuff around because I had no margin. It, it, it was just me, Ja'Kai, and, and Jared here, and I was just like, everybody knows we have to, you know, I was upset. But then Jared, you know, who, who, who doesn't like to pray publicly sometimes, was like, do you want to pray? And I was like, just him saying that calmed me down. The fact that I seemed that tense that he felt past the need some prayer for he lay hands on something or somebody. So, thank you for that, but that's me and this week. No margin. It's been that type of week. I've planned it. I've scheduled it, but what I didn't account for was somebody going to the hospital and having to have immediate emergency surgery with a child that that, that didn't have any other support system. I I didn't account for that. So, what I had set up in margin, I had to respond to. And it was easy for me to respond to because of it happened in the margin, but I wasn't prepared for this morning. <laughs> I expected everything to be as normal. And so I'm trying to get us to a place where we're not walking time bombs, where the slightest thing happens, we start ready, getting ready to explode. The first thing we talked about was emotional margin. Then we talked about uh, uh, time margin. And today we'll, uh, and then last week we talked about financial margin. And we kind of did a little historical uh, presentation of the book of Malachi. Today, I want to give you some some marching orders. Amen? I want to give you some marching orders to get you there. I want to give you some practical things that you can apply and start today. I'm going to run through this as fast as I possibly can. I'm going to pull out my prop. I'm going to hold it, and then I'm going to let y'all just keep wondering, what is this prop he has in his hand? When we get to it, then you'll get it. First thing I want to talk about today is the road to financial margin. My whole purpose in this, it's, this is like the hardest subject matter for any preacher to talk about because there's always this notion that the preacher wants your money. There's always this notion that, oh, the church is always asking for money. Oh, so there's always this notion that somebody's out to get your money. And it's, and, and it's only when the preacher asks do you get upset. You know, if Gap or Old Navy ask, it's okay. If, 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 if so-and-so asks, it's only when the preacher or family asks for your money. It's different with family. I understand because you got habitual askers in your family. I have some of those too. It's the same person, the same need that you took care of the week before, a month before. So this is a hard subject matter for every preacher because we got to get past all of the stuff that, that, that blocks you from hearing just the juiciness, the meat that's for you in the message. My hope is this in this message is that you get something out of it. I want to get you to a place where, where, where you're no longer robbing yourself first and foremost, and you're not robbing God. I'm not talking about just your money, but I'm talking about your time, your relationship, and your money. Not just your money, but and your money. And, 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 and we, we're, if we're not living a life with this financial margin, we're doing that. Let me make this clear. God is definitely interested in your money, not because he needs it. It's because it's the number one competitor for your heart. The number one competitor for your heart is your money. It's not Satan. It's not pornography. It's not, it's not anything other than money. It's not your girlfriend. It's not your boyfriend. It's not your husband, your wife. The number one competitor for your heart is your money, is your money. And God is saying, I'm interested in your money, not because I need it, but because you think you need it above me. And so, I want to fix that with you. God is after our hearts. This whole series has been to help you to get to that place to understand that God is after our hearts. So, here's how we do it. How do we start this whole process of living a life with financial margin? The road to financial margin begins with Percentage priority living. Percentage priority living. What is that? That is living within the financial limits that God leads us to. 
percentage priority living is living within the financial limits that God leads us to. Well, what's the first thing we need to do? This is really deep. This is really deep. I've studied this. I've checked every scholar, and we all agree the very first thing you need to do if you want to have some financial margin in your life, if you don't have a pen, you need to get it. This is, this, that, this is that deep. I hate for you to miss this. Ready? You must decide. Change starts with the decision. We must decide. Then we have to plan. Then we have to do. Let me talk about deciding. What are we deciding? Every single accomplishment you've ever had, every single hurdle you've ever overcome, every single victory you've won, every single goal you've ever reached started with what? The decision. I decided I'm not going to live my life anymore. I've decided I want to be a doctor. How do I become a doctor? I've got to graduate from high school. I've got to go to a four-year college that focuses on some, all of the medical stuff I need. And then I have to go to a, a, a medical school. You, there's a process. There's a roadmap you create. You decide. I've decided I'm no longer going to let homeboy break my heart. I'm going to find out a way to dump him. He might show up and his stuff is outside the house. I've decided I'm no longer going to take this abuse from my boss. I'm putting in resumes. I'm letting people know I'm looking for other opportunities of employment. I've decided that I'm going to reclaim my time and stop hanging with so-and-so because they're not giving me a life-giving relationship. I've decided the very first thing you need to do to have a life with financial margin is decide. And if today you're not just making that decision to change some of your financial stuff, then this is just going to fall on deaf ears. It's going to bypass you. You're going to already start thinking about what you're going to do afterward. You're going to already start thinking about what you're cooking for dinner. You're going to already start thinking about where you're going to eat today. But if you decide today that you want to make some changes in your financial life to get some margin, listen up. Today counts. Today counts in a major way. Today, you must decide that I'm going to do whatever it takes. And trust me, y'all, what I'm giving y'all today, if you follow this system, you can do it. A lot of this, if you've never been a part of financial peace, guess what? I'm giving you some nuggets from it today. If you've been a part of it, call this a refresher and get started again. Kick it back in the habit. Kick it back in the gear. Amen? You must decide first, first thing you must decide is to honor God with your finances. Say, I will honor God with my finances. Roderick, I thought God didn't want my money. He doesn't. But in honoring God with your finances, it means you, it means you make biblical decisions how you spend it versus worldly decisions how you spend it. You may not need to download that CD today. You don't have it in your budget to do that. You may not need to to, to, to buy wings for the whole crew to watch the game or whatever you're going to do because you don't have it that margin. All right? The other thing you must do is make real changes in the area of your finances. Now, listen, I'm not stupid. I know some of y'all got it going on. Some of y'all, a very small minority of y'all have it going on. You already live a biblical life. You've got cushion. You stay within your, your limits. You, you're not stretched financially. I get that. But I guarantee every single person in here could do just a little bit better with how they manage their money. None of us are immune to it. Every time the economy changes, you got to change. But some of us allowed the economy to change, and we didn't change. Our spending continued in the manner that it did. We'll keep on going. You must decide to start immediately. Immediately means like now, not when you leave here, because when you leave here, you're going to get in your car, and you done forgot about it. Now, start writing down stuff as we go. Start immediately. Fourth thing, set a goal to live a life with financial margin. Okay, what do you mean set a goal? Later on in this message, I'm going to give you a formula. Okay, I'm going to allow us to dream just a little bit. Then I'm going to give you a formula to figure out how you can reach that goal. It will require some work, but I'm going to give you a formula to figure out how you can reach that goal. Setting a goal is like, you know what? I want to live my life. Like I said before, we all live within limits. We all live off of a percentage of our income. All of us do. Some of us live off 110% of our income because we, we have debt. 
Some of us live off a of 98%. Some of us live off a of 99.9% with no cushion at all. Know what you're living off of right now, then decide where do you, then you decide, well, I don't want to live at 99%. I want to live my life off of just 85 or 70% of my income. Meaning all my bills are paid, everything's taken care of, then I got 30% margin to do whatever I want. And in that 70%, that includes giving to God. Okay? We're going to get to that in a minute. I just want to set you up here. The other thing you must do is come up with a plan. Come up with a plan. Now, I know a lot of this is not biblical. We'll get to the biblical stuff in a minute. I just want to set this up for you. We're going to go somewhere. Come up with a plan. The first thing you must do that your plan must have is you must track where your money goes. If you don't even know how you're spending or where your money goes, if you, if you get your paycheck and then at the end of the week you're like, where did all the money go? Then you got to go back angrily, upset, mad, and look at the spending. Huh? If you're single, it's easy. You look like, oh, man, I knew I, I shouldn't have eaten out there or whatever. If you're, if you're married, then it's like you and your spouse going at it. You didn't tell me you were going to Chick-fil-A today. I didn't know I had to tell you. I thought I had a limit, but we didn't talk about the limit. Remember the budget? What budget? Know where your money's going. Let me tell you some easy ways to do it. It's really easy, especially if you have a mobile phone. If you don't have a mobile phone, get out. Everybody in here should have a mobile phone because home phones don't exist anymore. Chikai, you're, you're the exception to the rule. You have to earn it. You'll get one. They have things on your mobile app. They have apps on your phone where you can track your spending. In other words, how do you track your spending? Get Quicken, QuickBooks. My wife and I use this thing called Mint.com. It's absolutely free. It tells us when my bills, I put in the due date of my bills. I put it, it tells me how much is in my bank. It's linked to my bank account, all of that stuff, and it helps me. And sometimes it's blinking red. Like, yeah, you got bills due, but you, you know, you ain't going to meet it. And, and, and then, you know, then Erica says, well, call the people. Let's make some arrangements. Because we're trying to get to a point where we can have more margin. Now, I want to tell you something. I want to kill a fallacy real quick before we go any further. Additional income does not guarantee margin. Okay? You get more money. Most of us, we get more money. We do more spending. We have to change our spending habits first. We have to get in the habit of giving first, saving first. Once you get into that habit, then you begin to see the shift. Okay? So let's, let's kill that. The fallacy is that we get more money. You know, things better, wrong. Kill that fallacy. You have to first adapt some principles. So get you a tracking system, mint.com, Quicken, QuickBooks, Excel, spreadsheet, notebook, a notebook. I mean, a real notebook, like paper, pen with lines, and, and write the date in the left-hand corner, 126, went to QT, put $30 worth of gas in there, and then have the uh, balance in your account, in your bank account there, and kind of subtract real simple math. I mean, everybody can do, Jakai can do this, okay? Everybody can do this. It's tracking every single penny, every single penny. As it comes in, we have, it's easy for us to track it as it comes in. When the check comes in, you know, boom, you depend on it, especially if you're on salary. But we don't track when it goes out. We don't uh, tr uh, track every single penny, and we need to. That's the only way you're going to have margin. It is impossible. I'm telling you the truth. It is impossible to have margin without knowing where your money is going. It's impossible. You first got to figure out where am I bleeding? Where's the leak at? Once I figure out the leak, then I can patch it or fix it or repair it or do whatever I need to do. Here's the second thing you must do. Begin giving and saving now. Yes, I did say saving. Begin giving and saving now. Okay? Proverbs 21.20 says this, and I love this, and this applies to both uh, point one and point two. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. I get money, bam, I can spend it. I get this, I can spend it. I'm going to this concert, I can spend it, I can spend it, I can spend it. We're not tracking it, I can spend it. I'm not giving it. You get uncomfortable when I say, well, I, 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 I've kind of bypassed that. It's time for tithe and offering thing because I, can, I see some, some faces. And so I just say, just give as you go out. This way, you're not embarrassed if you don't give. I'm not embarrassed for making you give and all of this stuff. And I shouldn't have to make you. This is whatever. And so, but when the preacher normally says it sometimes, oh, it's time to give. You get uncomfortable. You shift. You know, oh, boy. And you, and you, don't, you can't give or you choose not to give or whatever the case may be. Begin giving and saving now. 
even if you don't have margin. That's the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing. But when you do, it feels much better. Your needs are taken care of. Begin giving before you even have margin, right? Why? Let me tell you why. This is, this is the caveat. This is the important piece. Catch this. Why is it important to give now, right now, even though you don't have margin? Because saving and giving are habits. And if you currently feel the tension of not having margin right now, it's because these habits either are not developed in your life or they were developed at some point, but something caused you to sway away from them. You have to develop the habit of saving, the habit of giving. Oftentimes, I tell you, when we do our tithe and offering, I say, hey, the goal should be to give a tithe. A tithe is 10% of your pre-tax, before tax income. There was a point, there was a law. Can I tell you a secret? Y'all want to know something? It's a law right now in certain countries. In Germany right now, <laughs> before you get to see your money, the first thing that comes out is the government tax. The second thing, no, the first thing that comes out is the tithe. They call it a tax, but it's a tithe. It's a 10%. As a matter of fact, you have to allocate where it goes. If you don't believe me, I can bring in some people that were just recently in Germany that are living in Germany that can verify and vouch for what I'm saying. You have to designate a church. It could be church of the I don't care, but I'm going to give this money. It could be the church of whatever. You have to designate a tenth of your income where it will go in Germany. I say, wow, I'm like, wow. I'd rather people make the decision to honor God than force it. And then the government gets their little tax. Real talk. The government's going to get theirs, and God's going to get his. You might not like how he gets it, but he's going to get it. Begin giving and saving now. Start with whatever you can, 1%, 2%. I make $200 a week, man. I can't, I can't do it. Start with the 1%. But watch this. Say next month. See that? See how I set a goal? A goal has a, a, a date that you want to reach it. And a lot of people have been, been operating on, he said, just give my very best and set tithing as a goal. And you haven't changed. You've just been giving your very best. Set the goal of tithing now. Now, where's the, when, when are you going to start doing 10%? When are you going to test God? So start wherever you can, 1%. Develop the habit. Every time, don't miss. Every single week, give. If you say 1%, commit to the 1%. Then say, you know what? Next month, I'm going to jump up to 2%. Take baby steps. Then I'm going to jump up to 3%. By the end of the year, I want to be giving 10% of everything that I, at that, uh, of my money. And you develop this habit so much that the minute you don't give, you feel, ooh, you feel guilty. Oh, you feel just terrible in, on the inside, especially, especially when somebody has a need. And you're like, oh, man, instead of going out and eating out at this place and getting sushi and, and sake and all of that stuff, I could have just, man, and you feel guilty. Today, I want you all to make the decision to become percentage givers and savers percentage givers and savers. I'm going to tell you, we're going to get to the minute about the saving. We're going to get to the saving part in a minute, and it's definitely biblical. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says this. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there are the desires of your heart, or they, the desires of your heart will also be. Watch this. Can anybody here, and this is just a really practical question. I'm not deep. I'm not being spiritual. Can anybody here go around the corner or online to the bank of heaven and make a physical deposit? Let's be real. That's, just, that's a real question. It's not a, a trick question. The answer is no, right? There's no bank called the bank of heaven that I'm aware of in Georgia. We can't do it. So how are we going to store up our treasures in heaven? How do we do that? You know, open that up, explain it. How do we store up our treasures in heaven? Any way that one of these I can use to reach him, I just invested into heaven. If he's lost, if he's hurting, if he's in the need of prayer, companionship, friendship, 
if he needs a place on Sunday to go, this was an investment into his, fun- into his future. Because he can be amongst believers. He can be amongst some people that love him. Every single one of these count for life. And if we look at it as counting for a life, not the president, whatever on here, but a life that it can reach, it's worth it. Every time we buy coffee, it's to create an atmosphere where people who have given up on God can come and have some coffee. Every time we say don't wear a suit, wear your jeans, we're investing into an atmosphere where people can come and say, I've given up on tradition and the church's tradition. Every time we invest a penny into the ministry, we're storing up our treasures in heaven because what this is right here is directly connected to heaven. Every single penny that we, that comes into this church, Mosaic Church, you all are witnesses to like drapes, like coffee, like feeding kids, particularly my kids, like being in four schools here in Cobb County, starting four mentoring programs here in Cobb County, in southwest Cobb, where there's a 58% dropout rate where I'm mentoring kids who are pulling guns on people, where girls are having babies at age 13 in this district and hiding the baby in a box in the woods. Every single dollar you invest into this ministry goes where there can be the face of God somewhere to bless somebody every single dollar, and I have a track record to prove it. Putting your money in the bank ain't going to guarantee nothing except that somebody else can get a loan on your money, in case you didn't know that. But put your money where it counts, where there's a whole lot of interest, where there's a whole lot that can happen with your money, the best investment you can make. I'll move on. The third thing you must do within your plan, you first track your money. Second thing you do is begin giving and saving right now. The third thing you must do, develop a debt retirement and lifestyle reduction plan. Develop a debt retirement and lifestyle reduction plan. In other words, if you got a car note, that's called debt. It's called debt. It's a note that you promised a lender you'd pay, and they're making money off the interest. You won't touch the principal for two and a half to three years unless you designate your payment to go directly toward your principal. Student loans, debt, credit cards, debt. Anything where you owe somebody, it's debt. Your mortgage payment, debt. Set up a retirement plan to retire your debt. The quickest way to gain financial margin is to retire your debt. In essence, if I have a $250 car note each month, the minute, the faster I can retire that car note, that's $250 that I can put toward margin. Now, instead of having the $250 going toward uh, whoever my lender is for my car, which can break down, and after five years, they're ready to ask me to trade up. Instead of trading up, keep my car have that 250 set aside to the point where I get $1,000 of emergency fund. That's Dave Ramsey 101 right there. That, where I have $1,000 in the bank of emergency fund so that if something happens with my hoop ride, I can get it fixed. Even if the paint start to look ugly, I can go, uh-oh, Mako, and get it changed. Because I have $1,000 of emergency cash sitting there. Okay? Now, once I have that, I can continue to take that 250 and start looking at another ride I want to get and start saving to get this other ride and pay what? Cash for it. That's not Broderick. That's Dave Ramsey. If you've not been a part of Financial Peace, let me know if you are interested. We are not doing it right now, but I will definitely get you in a class. And, I'll, and, and, and you know what? I'll share just some. I can't share all of the information because that's a lawsuit. Okay? I'll share some information of the class with you as much as I can. If you can't afford it right now, then I'll tell you the best chapters to get to read. All right? I'm going to help you get to where you need to get today. Amen? 
Your lifestyle is the other thing you must reduce. You got to reduce like eating out all the time. Listen, my wife and I taught me, you know, we went through this. If we spend for our family to eat out, it's going to cost, depending on where we go, McDonald's costs $20, almost $30, right? Everywhere we go costs money. So we're like, okay, we, don't, we, we, we can't eat out all the time. We got to figure something else out. We can buy, y'all saw Eddie Murphy, where his mama made the mama burger. Buy some of that ground beef. Hook it up yourself. Kids don't know the difference. Why do they want McDonald's? McDonald's burger doesn't taste better than your mother's burger. It doesn't. It's the experience that they want. So what can I do? What is the experience at McDonald's? There's no experience unless they got the indoor playground. Well, why not take them to a park where there's a lot of greenery. We can play in the park, feed the geese, have a good old time, and then go back home and have a mama burger. A turkey burger to be even better. Huh? Save your money. Kill your debt and kill your lifestyle. Reduce your lifestyle. Wherever you're spending and it's not honoring God, wherever you're spending and you know it's not life-giving, cancel it. Here's the other thing. Here's, a, here's, here's a, the final point, the big point here. And this, we're going to spend a little quick time here and then we got to be out. Do the work to make the change. Do the work to make the change. Okay, now, this is where I'm going to give you that formula we talked about. The principle is this. Remember what I said earlier? We're trying to get to a point where we are living percentage priority living. We're trying to get to a point where we're having a lifestyle that's percentage priority living, which means we're living within the financial limits that God leads us to. In order to do that, the first thing we must do is adopt the principle of percentage priority giving. Percentage priority giving, which means putting God first in the area of our finances. Okay? Let me show you how it works biblically. You all can take notes here. Biblical order is this. God, okay? That's Old Testament and New Testament for the record, okay? Old Testament just told you the amount they gave, which was a tithe. New Testament says give. You know why they don't put a number to it? Because you can't put a dollar amount on grace. You cannot put a dollar amount on grace. But he certainly says give. Even Jesus said tithe, yes. Tithe. But do these other things. Even Jesus gave that to the Pharisees and Sadducees and all these religious leaders who were bickering about it. Jesus said tithe, yes. But don't forget about these other things. Paul, he constantly praised every single church that gave. He constantly, thank you for your offering. Thank you for giving. giving. The, 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 the book in Acts, the church in Acts, they sold their possessions, pulled it together. Nobody was hungry. Nobody was naked. Everybody was good. You can't tell me that <laughs> giving wasn't an important New Testament and Old Testament uh, practice that we were doing. You can't tell me that. A lot of people often use, oh, they don't say in the New Testament tithe. Yes, it does. It just didn't say tithe. It does say give. Give your money. It says it. That, that what I read to you earlier is a New Testament scripture. Where your money is, you know, that's where your heart is. That's New Testament. First, biblical order. God, guess who's in second? You. And it says, my future. That's what you write in that second space, my future. So it's God, my future. That's the savings part. Invest into your future, okay? Third, got to pay the tax, man. Got to do it. Now, they're going to take it first, just so you know that. If you want salary, they're going to take theirs first. They just have it set up that way. I don't know a way around it. I'm not a tax guy. We're going to wrap up here. We're, getting, we're going over here. Fourth thing, debt, any debt, retire that. And guess who's fifth on the list? You, in terms of your margin, meaning whatever's left, you could do whatever you want to do with it. You can buy you a, a new Gucci bag and some red-bottom shoes. You can go get those new Adidas or Jordans if you want to stand in line or the iPad or iPod or the new Windows phone or whatever the new gadget is. That's the biblical order. God, you, meaning your future, taxes, debt, and then you do whatever you want. Culture's order. This is what culture, this is where culture pushes us to, okay? This is where culture pushes us to. You ready? You, me, I'm going to pay me first. 
taxes, technically it should be reversed because they take theirs out first unless you're a contractor. Debt, if there's anything left, and then I'm going to give whatever I have left to God. Maybe this week, maybe not, or I'll put it in savings. The thing is, 98% of us in here don't do either. 98% of us don't have savings, and, and we think about giving to God, giving to the church. I don't know what your financial situation is. I, I, don't, I, don't, I may only know two people's financial situation is in here. I know what the numbers look like, though, at the end of the day. Proverbs 15, 6 says this, Better to have little with fear for the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil. I'd rather have a little bit of money but a whole lot of God because that whole lot of God will provide for me. I don't need extra money if I'm going to waste it anyway. Here's the thing. Here's my question to you all, and this is another fill-in. Will you live within the limits that God leads us to? The limits that God leads us to? Or will you live within the limits that culture, our culture, push us to? My neighbors have, so I got to have. I get caught up in that. We got an old school, big, big screen TV. And if the sun shines bright enough, I can't see nothing on the screen. Man, every time we look in the, in the paper, H.H. Gregg got one of those new fancy 1080p, and it may be something even newer now, I don't know, TV plasma's now like only 500 bucks, and I'm like, ooh, do I need another TV? No, what's wrong? Nothing wrong with my TV. It's perfect. It's perfect. But culture tells me, oh, you don't got that 1080p. You, 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 you can't even hook your MacBook up to your TV. Then culture tells you, you know what? If you had that kind of TV, you could actually do some, some like, sermons and stuff, and you could have Bible studies at your house and hook it up. And then, you know, I'm like, that, that is a God thing. But culture tells us that too, right? Culture tells us that you got a beautiful house, but you also need a basement because in your basement, and then this, this is what happens, because culture will trick you. With your basement, you can have, like, men's group. You can have women's group. And, and, and you know what? Culture even tells you if you had a basement, you don't even have to pay rent for the church. Y'all can meet in your basement. Culture tells me that. What culture doesn't tell me is what do I do with the excess? Culture also doesn't tell me who's going to come to my crib and hang out in my basement. Nobody. Nobody wants to do that. Become just a social club. All right? Will I live in the limits that God leads me to, or will I live within the limits that culture pushes me to? Here's the fact. We all live within either one of those limits. And if you don't feel that you're on the God side, baby, you're worldly. You may be in church, but you're worldly. I got news for you. You may not like that, but that's a fact. Give you this formula, and we're out the door. This other fish in the sea. All right, here we go. Here's a formula I want you to, to, to do. Okay, write this down. It's not in your notes. The first thing you must do in order to begin living a life with margin, you have to understand what you're, where you're spending, and you have to set goals. And setting that goal, here's the first thing you must do. You must figure out what your available income is. You must figure out what your available income is. How do you do that? You take your annual income, whatever you're making over the year. Take that number, okay? Take that number minus your expenses and debt. Whatever your annual income is, minus your expenses and debt. So that means you might have to write down every single bill you owe, student loans, all of that. Write that down, okay? That is what we call, the, and, and the answer is you will be called your available income. That's what's available, okay? Look at that number. When you look at that number, some of you may be shocked. Some of you may start panicking because you don't know. This may be the first time you realize just how upside down you are, Okay? But look at that number. Don't panic. Pray. Second thing, set a financial margin goal, okay? And that's a percentage. So you say, I want to live. Okay, I know this looks this way, but I, my goal is to live off of 80% of my income, okay? So set that goal, whatever that percent. So you say, my, my financial margin is 20%, 10%. 
15%. Whatever that is, set that. In light of whatever your annual income is, not your available, in light of what your annual income is, not your available income, what percentage would you like to save and give? Okay? Do not look at that number and decide. Don't base this number on what you see. This is the time where we get to fantasize a little bit. Like, if I, if I was, you know, if I had the perfect world, would be I could live off of whatever. Okay? Write that number. The next thing you must do is find your consumable income amount. How do you do, how do you find your consumable income amount? After you've converted that percentage that you want to live off of, after you've converted that, so you say, I want to live off of uh, 80%, so I want my cushion to be 20%. Once you figure out that number, you take your giving goal, which is that number, minus your available income. Your giving goal minus your available income, and that becomes your consumable income. That's your annual consumable income. So convert the, 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 the first thing you must do is find what that number is. So you say 20%, convert that to uh, a dollar amount, uh, subtract that from your available income, you have your consumable income. Now, when you do that, take a deep breath because it's going to be in the negative for most of us. It's, it's, when I did it, this, this formula, it, would, it blew my mind. Like, There's no way on God's green earth am I, oh, Lord have mercy. This is terrible. I cannot live off of something like that. Walk away from that number, come back like I did, pray about it, because that number is going to really freak you out when you do that math. It's, it's going to be really tight. It's going to look like you don't have room for margin. But here's what happens in that. You get to see a picture of where you need to be to get to that goal. Here's the fourth thing you do. I want you to divide the consumable income by 12. This will give you your monthly consumable income. When you see that number, yeah, you might just start crying. Have some tissue available with your Bible because you're going to have to, for, for the real saints, get you some oil. Okay, anoint your, your, your head, your eyes, because it's going to jam you up. It jammed me up. I'm, I'm, I'm about $2,500 in the hole right now trying to, but I get to see what I need to do, where I can cut, where I, what I need to do to fix that. I don't have, my wife and I don't have any consumer debt at all besides our car note. And so I'm like, man, I, I, I wonder if I can sell that, and if I make a little bit of money off of it, buy a hoopty. And, and then have not have a car note and then put that money back in. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. We're both trying to figure it out. What in the house have we not used in two years we can sell? Let's have a garage sale, whatever we got to do. We're about to cut some stuff down big time. Okay? Now, once you've done all of that, you're going to look at this monthly number and say, there's no way I can live off of that. There's no way I can live off of that. You might get angry. You might get sad, whatever the case may be. This is what I want you to do. First of all, if you're single, do this privately. If you're married, do this with your spouse. But tell yourself before you have this conversation with your spouse, we are not going to argue about this. Because I know this is going to be ugly in the end. We're not going to fight. We're not going to disagree. This is to help us see where we're at right now. Okay? Once you do that, I want you to be real sensitive here. This is real. I want you to begin to really examine what you're feeling at that moment as you look at that monthly consumable number in order to reach your goal. And then after you begin to really examine how you feel, pray, God, what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? Okay? And in that, in, in that process, you may feel fear, anger, jealousy, Greed. You may feel a bunch of different emotions, but these emotions bear witness to the fact that the financial situation we find ourselves in is not a, based upon the amount of money we make. It's a spiritual issue because fear is a spiritual issue. Uh, anger is a spiritual issue. Money is not the issue. It's a spiritual issue. And, this will, and, and that validates that point as you look at that number. Now, once you look at that number, you have this, you go through your emotions, you pray. Now, apply all of that. Now, do everything we talked about before. Now, you reduce your debt, retire your debt the best way you can. Set a plan to do it. Say, within the next five years, I'm going to do it. None of this happens overnight. It takes time. 
All right? Final point. In deciding will you live within God's limits or where God leads us, we all live within margin. Here's the thing. I brought this money just to show you and illustrate what I'm talking about. God says this. I blessed you to get the job. I blessed you to go to college, whatever you had to, whatever training you had to do to get the job. You prayed about it. Remember you prayed? Yeah, that's, that's me. I did that for you. Okay? And, and now that I've done that for you and you're making money, let's just say, for instance, it's $1,000 a week. Okay? Tell you what. All I want you to do, that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay? It's $1,000 right here. Right? See? So all I want you to do before you do anything else, I know the tax man going to take his. I get that. But what I want you to do first is take one of them. Let me have it. How much, how, how much you got left? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got $900 left. Okay, good, 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 good. Now, I want you to do something else. This really matters to me. This is God talking. This is so important to me. I want you to take, I want you to take one more of those. I want you to put that toward your future, okay? I don't want you to rely on the government to take care of your future. I don't want you to rely on your kids to take care because your, your kids, may, they're going to make, listen, as soon as you get sick, they're going to put you in a home. I'm just playing. <laughs> I always say that, Ja'Kai, don't get no ideas, man. I have something in my will, brother. You won't get none if I go to a home. <laughs> uh, so you take some and put some up for yourself, okay? Now, here's what the government does. They're going to hit you about 30% depending on what you claim. So let's just say you put zero dependence on there, right? That's only like they'll hit you for about 12 to 13%. So we'll just call that two of these. That's what the government will take. How much do I have left? One, two, three, four, five, six hundred dollars. This is a week's pay. I got six hundred dollars left. Okay, six hundred. I've given to God first. I put something aside for 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 my future. Government has taken theirs. Six hundred left. Six hundred left. What what can I do? Now my mortgage is only fifteen hundred. That's six hundred, and I got a whole lot of month left. So you mean next week, if I do the exact same thing, I have another six to add to that. That's 12. And the week after that, if I do the same thing, I have another six to add to that. That's 1,800. The week after that, I have another six to add to that. You get what I'm saying? The same formula. At the end, and, and guess how much cushion and margin I got? A whole bunch left over. God is saying, give me this first. Give me, give me that first. Then put you, you second. You're second. Right? And then the surplus, that cushion, go ahead, have a little fun. You know, that, that family vacation you wanted to take, you got it. You good. Go ahead and have a little fun. Okay? But give to me first. This is how we typically do it. $1,000. We'll say the government takes 30%. We'll just say 30% today. Okay? So they take 300 Now I have 700 Yo, you, yo, 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 let's go. Let's go catch that Falcons game, dude. Tickets on sale. I got a Groupon. Bet. $200 because you know I got to look good. I got to get the right jersey, okay? Got to get me some kicks to match the jersey, right? I got to fill up the gas tank. Got to pay for parking, plus the tickets. Then when we get there, I got to buy a little something to drink. You drink. Got to get me some hot dogs and stuff. $200 one day. Bow. One, two, three, four, five. Yo, uh, 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 man, 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 uh, let me see here. Got to pay the cable. Oh, man, that new iPhone is out. Okay. Um, yeah, I forgot to pay the car. Let me call him and see if I can make an arrangement because I only got $100 left, $150 left. Hey, can I put something on it? Got $100 left. $100 left. Here it is Thursday. $100 left. I'm going to put this in church. Put this in church. Here comes Friday. Yo, all of us are going to work, uh, going to eat out after work. You coming? Yeah. Gas and food. Church time comes. Give your tithe and offering as you go out the building. You done took off running. Walk right past the bucket. There it is sitting right there. You touch it. Like you're going to get a blessing from it. Like the money going to transfer to your doggone hand. And you're going to touch the book. 
I'm glad we don't have the type of people that put empty envelopes in there at this church. But I've seen it happen where there's been, I've, huh? they, well, they don't put the information on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's true. We do check to see if you put your debit card information on there. But most of the time it's blank. Not here, but other churches that I've been, a previous church, what this church used to be called, it's happened. Where we go count the offering, it's like, it's an empty envelope. No name or nothing. But it passed in front and somebody felt obligated to drop something because they didn't want to look like they didn't love God. Why fake it? Just put the doggone money in there. Put something in there. A dollar, a quarter, a nickel. Heck, a Canadian quarter. We'll take it. We'll transfer. It ain't going to be worth much. Really, I'm done right here. I'm serious. I said that before. This is for real. Decide today. What side are you on? Huh? We always pick what side we're on when it comes to the teams we love. We always pick what side we're on when it comes to our political affiliation. We always pick what side we're on when it comes to who we're going to sit next to, who we're going to hang out with. We always pick what side we're on with everything else. Why don't we make the choice today to pick what side we're on? Why not live within the limits that God actually leads us to? He's pushing you. He's directing you. He's holding your hand to those limits instead of the limits that society, our culture, push us to. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you today for this day. I thank you for your word, God. Although it was, it, was, it was extended, it was worth it. It's important, God. We thank you for this word. I pray that this word just bypassed the ears and that today, God, we make a decision. Every soul in here makes a decision to honor you with 100% of their income. First, I pray that everyone here, Father God, just, just, makes, just goes after the, the goal of retiring any debt with relentless determination. God, we honor you with everything that, that you've made us to be, God. We love you so much. I pray that we leave this place better than we came. God, bless us. Keep us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.